Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast with your host, Chanel Patrice Hancock. Today is February 27, 2019, here in Akron, Ohio. I want to thank the sponsors of the show, Flipboard.com, where you can go to get your information in sports, TV, politics, fashion, Flipboard.com. I use them. They're accessible with screen readers such as Jaws for Windows, VoiceOver, Linux, NVDA. You can go to the Google Play Store. You can go to Apple um, Store and download it for free. You can go to Flipboard.com and check it out. For those people who are new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Play Store, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, AudioCast, RadioCast. It's everywhere. Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. Please leave a rating and review that helps others find me. And I would really appreciate it if you can do that for me. Now we're going to talk about today's episode, which is... About, is listening considered a form of reading or not? Well, I can tell you I've read print ever since I was four years old up until I was 29. And because I have retinopathy of prematurity, my vision has declined in regards to reading. So my central vision is three feet in front of me counting fingers. My peripheral vision is very good. I can still see people and things and buildings. I see the bigger picture, not the smaller details. And I can't read anything underneath a headline on a newspaper or magazine. So if I open up the magazine, I can't read the print inside of it. Um, I'm not able to read because of eye strain issues, light sensitivity issues, And it's just a contributing factor of my retinopathy and prematurity eye condition that I was born with since birth. So, you know, out of my left eye, this is what I have to work with. And, you know, I, it's, it's usable. Um, I, I use a lot of auditory, um, devices. Um, I have a lot of Apple devices, so I use voiceover constantly Um, you know, I watch movies and I have the subtitles read to me with voiceover. So, you know, I'm able to still watch the movie and see what's going on. But I, as far as the, the fine details, okay, so you have a plate of food on the table. Well, I couldn't tell you what that plate of food was unless it was audio described and it was telling you what, what was there. Aside from that, no, I cannot. And I don't really worry about it. So, I mean, I went through school all the way up to college um, using nothing but audio. I do know Braille. I do know how to read Braille in Russian, French, Italian, Spanish, and um, Unified English Braille. Yet, you know, it's 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 a way for me to be able to, you know, be literate. In that regards, on you know, from a tactile perspective, I've always been literate because I was able to read print. So I still know how to read and write. 
I just can't read and write anymore because of my vision problem. But there's a lot of people that have vision problems and their visual impairment is different. Some people can see light and shadow. Some people can see light and dark. But they can't make out words or people. Okay. Then there's people that can't see anything at all. And, you know, a lot of sighted people out there, you know, they seem to think you can either see or you or you can't see at all. And that's just not how that works per se. Um, you know, there are some people that can't read print because they're dyslexic. So they have to use auditory books and methods in order to be able to read. And then you have some people that are dyslexic where they're able to have workarounds as to how they they get their information, but they still don't understand how someone that's visually impaired could do the same thing. And a lot of it is that there's a lack of misinformation on the part of everybody involved. Because unless you hang out with a bunch of people that are dyslexic or a bunch of people that are visually impaired or people that are totally blind or just people that are sighted in general, they, no one knows, you know, they, they, it's not their fault. They don't know, but at the same time in the world of the digital age, you can look up just about anything to find out about other people and, and how things are, or you can just go to the person if you're friends with them and ask. You know, it's not going, no one's going to bite your head off. If you want to know about my eye condition, I can tell you about that. But at the same time, I'm not someone that's going to sit here and, you know, prejudge you because you don't know. You just don't know. I mean, hell, none of us are perfect. Yet, a lot of people seem to think that if you're not reading with your eyes, then you're not reading at all. And that's not the case. You know, there are people that read Braille, but not everybody that's in the blindness community knows Braille. So, and that's because you have to pay a teacher of the visually impaired in order to teach the person Braille. And a lot of school systems here in the U.S. really don't do that. They think everything is supposed to be audio because it's a lot cheaper. But at the same time, Technology can break down, and if it does break down, they have nothing to refer back to, you know, and I I do subscribe 100% to people knowing Braille, um, because, you know, you're still able to take a note down with a slate and stylus, you're still able to put paper in a prayer writer and crank something out. Technology is not the end or be all of our existence, but yet that's where society wants it to be. And given the fact that I didn't have a computer until I was 24, I didn't have a cell phone until I was 26, I didn't have a smartphone until I was 32, I didn't stop being able to read the computer screen until I was 32. And I didn't stop using a handheld video magnifier until I was 36. So my visual acuity is I can see three feet in front of me counting fingers. Um, That's my visual acuity. However, that's because for years I had to use what I 
hat at my disposal. I didn't have a refreshable braille display to hook up to my computer and, and I would be able to read the words from the, from the display in braille. I didn't have that um, because when you're visually impaired, first of all, they want you to read um, with your eyes and use what remaining vision you have until it's gone, which is a bunch of ignorant bullshit. Um, try having a sighted person do that for a long period of time. You're going to have what's called eye strain hooks. And so when I'm listening to stuff, yes, I have to sit there. I have to listen. I have to focus. I have to pay attention to what I'm doing because otherwise you fall asleep and you're going to have to start all over again because you forgot what page you were on. And yes, it is time consuming. But at the end of the day, people listen to music, don't they? And that's time consuming. People put podcasts on and they listen to it in the background. And for some reason, it's a phenomenon to cite people. Oh, well, you have audio now. So we, you know, I'm, I'm listening to a book. Yes, but you're also reading. Whether you realize it or not, it doesn't. Reading doesn't necessarily have to be defined as um, with your eyes. You can read braille with your fingers, but if you have diabetes and you have to, you know, draw blood twice a day to check your sugar levels, you're going to have sensitivity problems to where you're not going to be able to read braille anymore. And so, a lot of people just do the easier route and they do audio. And a lot of sighted people are now doing more audio and listening to stuff. And they actually, I've seen this myself with people in my own family, where they think this is like the greatest thing since sliced bread was invented, when in fact, it's been around for so long, it's unreal. Um, and that's fine. You can be happy about that. But at the same time, people that are visually impaired and blind or dyslexic, or people who have reading issues, that's how they got their information to begin with. So it's not something that's relatively new. It might be new to a large group of people because they're not used to listening to stuff constantly. And you still have people that are going to be visual learners, but you were an auditory learner since birth. To be honest, you were because you didn't know how to read and write until you got to school. And then once you learned how to read and write, diagram sentences and analyze this and summarize this and make this more concise, well, you became a visual learner. And that's great. I used to be all three at one point, but now I'm auditory and tactile. And you actually get more information in your head by listening than you do actually sitting up there reading on a page. It's a known fact. Now, I mean, you know, people have the right to disagree with me on this. But if you haven't walked in my shoes, you haven't experienced what I've had to go through in regards to, you know, not having a, a really great education. Um, you know, because when you're visually impaired... They want you to use what vision you have until it's gone, which is ridiculous. And medically, I'm not allowed to read 
anymore because it causes eye strain headaches. I can't do it anymore. Um, you know, people didn't want to get me a braille display because I had usable vision. And I believe that if I would have had braille at my disposal, like my white counterparts did, I would have had better grades. Um, and that does affect, you know, someone's education. I mean, when I was going to high school, I was put in special needs classes because they thought I was stupid. Come to find out I wasn't. A lot of it was based off of the amount of physical vision you actually had. And it wasn't easy. And so because I learn auditorily, you know, there are people that still think that because you you have less central vision, readable vision than they do, and you can't drive a car, I can see what a car looks like. I can read the back of a a license plate. But I gotta be three feet in front of it in order to read it. So, you know, people don't understand that because they're not exposed to people like me. And, you know, you might have ADD, ADHD, you might have Asperger's, you might have autism, but your situation's totally different because your brain is wired a lot differently because of the disability that you have. Yet, they still are going off of a visual aspect and not an auditory one. And so, at the end of the day, I have to sit there and explain to them because I understand they don't know, they don't understand, they've never been uh, subjected to having to be around a lot of people that have different visual impairments. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I have retinopathy of prematurity. I've had it since birth. And because I've had it since birth, you know, my vision was very good back in the day, 30 years ago. I'm going on 42 years old. Reading is not an option for me. Even though, yes, I can read a cornflake box. I can get right on top of a sign that says $2.99. Well, I can read that. But I have to be right on top of it. So as a result of that, you know, I have someone help me go grocery shopping because I cannot read the stuff. Now, mind you, yes, there are people that go and take pictures and that takes too long. You know, I have a certain amount of time to get stuff done and I just want to get it over with. So, yes, I have people help me fill out paperwork and I have people help me fill out um you know, things of that nature, read stuff to me that I cannot read or that my app cannot pick up. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you know, I'm pretty independent. I I do go grocery shopping. I just have someone be my eyes and I know what I want. And, you know, I mean, guess what? I might be able to read what it says on on a can of cream of chicken soup. But if you tell me to flip the can over and read the ingredients, I can't read that. So, you know, I look at it like this. I do what I can in order to get by. But at the same time, I do a lot of listening. And I did a lot of it in college and in film school and when I was elementary through high school. And I did not use Braille, even though I 
was taught braille at eight years old. But that was because my vision was good at the time for me to be able to still, you know, function in that way. But at the same time, if you can't read standard print, which is 12 font, which is newspaper font or, you know, paperback font, then, you know, you were put in a different category of people. And I didn't have science and I didn't have math. Um, I wasn't really that great at science or math, but if you were to have had a model of the heart or the body and show me which piece was, I was able to pick it up better that way. But no one knew that at the time, so they just automatically assumed I was stupid. So I was put into a classroom with a whole bunch of people where their IQ was not that high. And I was I was stuck there for seven years. And as a result of that, um, you know, I had to fight my way out of it. And it, I, I did eventually go to college. I went to community college first. And then I transferred over to Kent State. And I became a theater major. And I did a lot of listening. You know, my books were scanned into Word files, and I did a lot of listening. And I can tell you from experience, it's not easy. I didn't have Braille at my disposal. The state wouldn't get me a display at the time. Oh, well, you don't need one. Well, actually, I do. But, you know, when you're dealing with your minority, you're dealing with a bunch of white people who are in charge of, you know, paying for your education but you see your white, totally blind or deaf-blind counterparts getting all this technology, all this Braille. Yet, yeah, there was a big dichotomy because of that. I, and I, I, I fought it and I lost many times. Even today, um, it took me a long time to get a Braille display. And it wasn't until after I got out of school. My grades would have been a hell of a lot better if I would have had Braille in my life. But because, you know, they thought they knew more than I did about my situation, I was screwed over. So, you know, I mean, I had to stay, and this is no lie, from 7.30 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, five days a week, so I can get my classes done, I can get my homework done. And I did this for a year and a half until I got a computer. And I bought my own computer with my refund money because I needed it. You know, no one was going to do it for me. And I had to sit and listen and listen and listen. And people in my family, well, why do you have to do that? Well, I have to do that because this is how I learn. I'm not a visual learner. I'm an auditory learner. You know, my vision started to go. I had to adapt. And trust me. I got like 2,000 words in just for one subject matter every day. And it was, it was hell. So at the end of the day, I had to think about what was best for me, not what was best for other people. And when it comes down to language learning, I do a lot of audio and video. Um, you know, and I'm able to do spaced repetition and I'm able to listen and so I don't have journals written out and I don't take notes and 
but I still get the information. You know, and I mean, a lot of these young people don't get that. Yet, a lot of these young people have neurological disabilities where it's hard for them to be able to properly communicate with people and, and function, you know, um, like the average person would. But I mean, everyone's disability is different. Yet, you know, they're visual. So the idea is, okay, you can learn and it doesn't mean you have to use your eyeballs to do it. Like I said earlier, if you have sensitivity problems because you're diabetic and you lost the sensitivity to be able to read braille, audio is the best method. There are people that are dyslexic where they use audio too. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people get the information however they can. And I do believe that, that listening is a form of reading. And until someone that is able-bodied and doesn't have anything wrong steps into my shoes or someone else's shoes, they really will not fully understand. So I have to play devil's advocate and say, yes, reading is a form that is auditory as well. And it's tactile. There are some blind people in the blindness community that say, well, oh, well, reading is if you're reading Braille or print. It's not if you're listening. And I said, yes, it is. Because some people can't read Braille either. So you can't rule that out. You know, that doesn't make someone an authority figure on the subject matter. Unless you're having to live that way all the time, you wouldn't be able to fully understand where the person's coming from. And so, you know, honestly... I got by in college just doing nothing but listening. And I mean, for hours, you know, and I I listened and I typed my papers and I was able to get things done and I hardly took notes. And the notes I did take was from a micro cassette tape, if anyone remembers what that is, Um, you know, and my little note taker and I went and I, it took me a couple hours to do one lesson one class lesson and I would get comments from people well that wouldn't take me that long and someone said well you're not her and that's the truth everyone's different everyone's learning styles different everyone learns differently but a lot of sighted people can say that but they're going off of their own experience they're not looking at someone else's experience and how that works and until you do You won't fully understand people as a whole. I've worked with people that have Asperger's, um, ADD, ADHD, developmental disabilities. I mean, so severe to the point where you have to use basic sign language and very little verbal communication in order to be able to get basic information from them. And so, you know, I can understand you know, where these people are coming from. But at the same time, too, a lot more audio is being produced. Um, you know, a lot more books are ebooks now. And I can buy an ebook and I can have it read to me. And I'm still getting the same information that someone would get if they were to just swipe a page. So 
for those people who want to know how I learn, because I'm going off of my own experience, not everybody else in the blindness community um, or the visually impaired community. Um, you know, this is how I learn. And this is how I read. And yes, I can read Braille in Spanish, French, Italian, Unified English Braille, Russian. You know, I still have to learn Arabic, Japanese, and Cantonese, and Thai Braille. And I will eventually. But right now, you know, I do a lot more listening than I do reading Braille. And, um, you know, that's fine with me. But I do find that listening is a form of reading. And I hope that people get a lot out of this because I can tell you, I had to sit and listen to stuff I really didn't want to listen to, but if I wanted to have good grades in my classes, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have money to pay people to read to me. I had to do it the hard way. Sit at my desk and computer. If I fell asleep, that was it. I would have something else in the background going on while I was listening to keep me awake, along with some coffee. So, you know, yes, it is a form of reading. I'm no different than the next person. The only difference is I don't read with my eyes anymore. I read with my ears. And that's fine. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode today. Um, next week, I'm going to have two interviews with Luca Lampriello from LucaLampriello.com. Lingua course slash um, the Polyglot Dream Language Blog. And I'm going to have Jan van der Ah and Lucas Bigatti from Language Boost. So, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you to the new people who came on board to listen. Thank you for getting me to 7.0k listeners so far with 102 downloads. Let's keep it going. I would love to get to 10k by the end of next month. That'd be great. Um, I do this for you guys. So I'm glad that you guys are still sticking with me. And remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the podcast. And I'll see you in the next episode.